It's time for Dodger baseball. The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Episode 9 of the Off the Air Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Jackson Heil. Pleasure to be joined by the one and only Jimmy Sullivan. And Jimmy, we got a very, very special guest this week and one of the probably more interesting personalities to come through FUV. Obviously, WFUV known for their play-by-play personalities and their hosts and all of that, but a color commentator who's one of the best in the business, Jack Armstrong, who works for TSN, does color commentary for the Toronto Raptors, joins the show this week and definitely an awesome opportunity to get a unique perspective that you don't get to see too much from WFUV Sports. Certainly not, and Jack is one of those guys who made a really successful transition from being a college head coach in the 80s and the 90s, actually started as a JV coach at Fordham under Tom Penders when he was the head coach there. So an interesting little factoid there, but he's been the color analyst for the Raptors for 20 years now. And he's got a lot of friends at Fordham that he graduated with. He brings up Mike Breen and Michael Kay, guys who he went to school with. So he was able to kind of use those connections. And then he's been one of the best color analysts in the NBA, as you said, going on 20 years now with the Toronto Raptors. He's got a really interesting story and really looking forward to getting into a lot of those aspects with him. Don't want to get into too much of it right now, but Jimmy, one of the most interesting things to me about color commentary and people who do it for the most part is not many people pursue that as a career path growing up. It's usually, like you said, a transition from whether it's being a former player, being a former coach. In Jack's case, it was from because he got fired from Niagara and he made the transition to being a color commentator. And just like that, it's crazy how a new career can start so quickly and so seamlessly like it did for him. He has a great line. He says that when he went from the sidelines at Niagara to being the color analyst for the Raptors, he went from being the idiot to being the expert. And obviously (laughs) that's not entirely true. And he had some great years at Niagara. He won 24 games one of his first years as the head coach there. But it's not really an easy transition when you think about going from being a coach or being a player to being a color commentator. There's a lot of things to keep in mind. I was watching an interview last week with, I believe it was Greg Olson, and he did some XFL games in February and March, and he all he talked about was how difficult it was to be a color commentator with the voices in your ear, and you have to be concise and get things out in a certain amount of time. So Jack Armstrong really made that transition successfully, and while he may have made it look easy, it definitely doesn't make it an easy transition. So once again, we'll be joined by Jack Armstrong, and he's going to join the show in just a moment. But first, let's learn a little more about our guest once again, TSN's Jack Armstrong. This week on Off the Air, Jack Armstrong. A member of the Fordham class of 1985, Jack served as an assistant men's basketball coach where he earned an undergraduate scholarship for his efforts on the sidelines. After getting a master's degree in communication, 
Armstrong spent nine years as the head coach of Niagara University, winning the New York State Division I Coach of the Year in 1992-93. Following his stint at Niagara, Jack traded in his whistle for a headset, becoming a radio analyst for the Toronto Raptors in 1998, and after a few years, transitioned to TV as a color commentator on TSN. Armstrong is a three-time recipient of the Canadian Screen Award for Best Sports Analyst, polishing off his 22nd year doing Toronto Raptor broadcasts. Here's the Off the Air podcast with Jack Armstrong. Jack, thanks so much for taking the time. How's it going? Doing great, Jackson. Good morning, and Alex and Jimmy. Uh, great to join you guys, and uh, happy to be here. And uh, I love Fordham, and uh, so happy to happy to chat with you guys uh, for a few minutes. Really happy to have you, and Jack. Obviously, kind of a crazy time as we get ready to go back into the NBA bubble. But the last three or four months have obviously not been optimal, to say the least. What is COVID nineteen? How has it affected your life, and how has it affected you during quarantine? Well, it's been a challenge, I think, for everybody, and uh, it's it's obviously such a sad thing. Uh, so many people have been affected by it, so our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected by it, as well as the incredible people working on the front lines and in the hospitals and, and all the healthcare workers and, and people that are just doing their part. So uh, that, and then, and then you combine that with uh, the unfortunate situation uh, you know, the, we, the social injustice issues as well. And, uh, you know, so you, you combine that and uh, there's a lot of uh, stress on people in, in our society today. And, uh, you know, so uh, let's hope and pray that uh, things uh, settle down uh, and, and we find, a, you know, a, a cure and, and a vaccine for the, for the virus. And, and we find uh, an area where people can communicate and respect each other and, uh, and make progress on, on those areas right now that in terms of our, our society that we, that we need good, tremendous improvement. Jack, staying on that theme, let me ask you, because you're an analyst for the Toronto Raptors, and once again this year, they're in the thick of things, both in the Eastern Conference and at the NBA bubble in Orlando. After four plus months here, how happy are you to have the NBA back and have games to broadcast? No, I'm really uh, excited about it. I think our concept, uh, unlike baseball, uh, I think has a better chance to succeed. Will it? You know, your guess is as good as mine. I think the NBA uh, has kind of thought everything through, and uh, I think they're at a point where I think they've tried to dot every I and cross every T. But uh, there's no guarantees, uh, you know, and you look at MLS and uh, the NHL, uh, golf, uh, different sports, they, they all have different approaches. But nonetheless, uh, there are going to be challenges in, in every single approach. But that's what leadership is. That's what adaptability and flexibility is, is when a crisis hits, uh, the ability to pivot quickly and make good decisions on your feet. Uh, it's very easy to be a peacetime general. It's very difficult to be a wartime general. You know, when, it, when, when, when it's game on, uh, you, a lot of times these decisions are rapid fire. Uh, so, you know, when you're a commissioner, 
uh, and when you're a, a leader of an owner, a leader of a team, or uh, head of the players' union, or whatever the case may be in any of these sports, uh, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. So I'm excited sports is back. Uh, I'm a huge sports fan, not just basketball. Uh, you know, so to me, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that part of it uh, can maybe for a few minutes a day, uh, maybe bring a smile to somebody's face, take their mind off of the challenges that all of us in, in different ways are going through. And uh, I think sports does serve a, a great role in our society. Jack, before we really get into the NBA and your job with the Raptors now, let's go back to your time at Fordham and WFUV, class of 85 for you. What was FUV like back in the 1980s so long ago? Well, you know, Jackson, I, uh, as you know, I, you know, I have my bachelor's in 85 from Fordham and I have my master's in 88. Um, and, you know, I was a basketball coach. I was an assistant coach uh, at the time. I was very young, I, you know, a few years as an undergrad, and then I was a grad student. And my experience with WFUV was kind of on a different level because uh, I was coaching, but nonetheless, uh, the guys that did the games were very, very good friends of mine. I mean, you know, two guys that just right off the top of my head, you know, Bob Papa, uh, Jack Curry. Uh, those are guys that, uh, you know, I traveled with. Uh, they used to cover the team. Uh, we'd go out together. I mean, we were buddies and uh, uh, during my time there. So, uh, and, you know, they, they would regularly have me on uh, WFUV as a guest. Uh, talking basketball and, and uh, you know, people would call in and obviously we'd get some prank calls from campus and all that. Uh, but uh, I thought uh, I was just so blown away uh, by the talent uh, that, that the folks at, at WFUV had. It was, it, it was just to me, I, I was so impressed. I was like, man, these guys have a future. Uh, and, and, and not only that, but the folks that uh, wrote for the RAM, uh, the school newspaper, uh, the talent level, uh, the, the level of, 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 of passion for not only sport, but issues on campus in general. So, uh, you know, and, and, and I, you guys were uh, at, at, on campus when I spoke in February. Uh, and, and one of the things I mentioned was the fact that I have my master's in communications from Fordham, and people go, wow, that's pretty cool. And uh, all I ever wanted to be was a basketball coach, and I got my master's in communications because it fit our practice schedule. I mean, so <laughs> I, never in a million, I never in a million years thought that I would be doing this. I thought I'd still be walking up and down the sidelines going crazy at some, at some place somewhere uh, in North America or maybe over overseas, whatever. Uh, that's what I envisioned myself doing my entire life. Here I am in my second act now, my second career in broadcasting. But uh, WFUV, uh, my experience at Fordham, uh, the people I had the good fortune to meet, you know, a, a Mike Green, a Michael Kay. I mean, there's just so many different talented people that I had the good fortune to come across in my time uh, have all made a positive impact on me. And then when it was time to pivot from one career to the other, uh, thankfully, those, each one of those guys was nice enough to uh, help me and help me uh, get started in a new career in, in their own way. Jack, let's rewind maybe even further than your time at Fordham. You, you are a Fordham alum, and 
when you decided to come to Fordham, what were the main factors in that? I read that uh, your parents actually met uh, in the Bronx. Am I, am I correct on that? Yeah, my parents are from uh, Ireland. Uh, they're, they're immigrants, so I'm first generation. My parents were married in the Bronx, and then we grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, so my parents uh, met in the Bronx. Uh, my mom lived on the Grand Concourse, and uh, she was a nanny uh, for a family in Connecticut. Uh, I think it was New Canaan or Greenwich, Connecticut. And then on the weekends, she would uh, come back to the Bronx and stay with her family. And my dad was over from Ireland as well. So they didn't know each other in Ireland. Uh, they met in the Bronx. And then uh, we settled uh, in, in Brooklyn. So uh, so uh, to me, uh, I always felt, uh, you know, that, that Fordham was one of those amazing schools as an inner city kid. Uh, that went to Catholic grade school, St. Brendan's, and Catholic high school, Nazareth High School in Brooklyn, uh, a place like Fordham was an amazing place to aspire to, that uh, if you could ever get a chance to uh, have an opportunity to go there. Uh, and I had a few people in my neighborhood in Brooklyn uh, that had gone there. Um, uh, and, and thankfully, uh, they were, uh, these guys, the this guy, Al Jello, who was a Fordham graduate, uh, he used to always say to me, he goes, you know, you'd, you, you'd, you'd be great at Fordham. This, you know, it fits you and, and you fit it. And uh, I'm glad uh, my guidance counselor in high school and uh, a few people, and I had an opportunity to visit there, uh, both the Lincoln Center and the Rose Hill campus. And uh, to me, I was like, I, I, I'm a New Yorker. I wanted to stay in New York. And uh, it was just an amazing fit. Jack, obviously, you grew up wanting to be a coach um, when you ended up at Fordham, and that was always your aspiration. So when did the transition to broadcast really pivot? Was that after your time at Niagara? And what really caused you to want to get back into broadcasting? Well, uh, you know, Jackson, uh, people always ask, how would you get into broadcasting? Well, I got fired as a coach. I mean, that's basically <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, it, it's the, you know, I, I, I say it's the greatest scam going. It's, it's sports version of white collar crime. You know, uh, we put all these unemployed coaches and, you know, a quarterback or whatever. It's, you know, at, at some point in time, there's somebody that tells an athlete, hey, man, you're done. You, you, you got to pack your bags and hit the road. You don't have it anymore. And it's the same thing with a coach. Uh, you know, hey, man. Ain't happening. You, know, you just, you, you just, you know, you, you know. You look at my career record. I was 100 and 154 at Niagara. Uh, that, you know, that doesn't that doesn't really lead to long term security. Uh, so I had a year left on my contract at Niagara, and uh, I just said to myself, you know what? I'm burnt out. I'm physically, emotionally, in every way, shape, or form, burnt out, uh, exhausted. Uh, I need a year away from this to recharge my batteries. So I had a lot of people tell me while I was coaching, you know, I had my own TV show, my own radio show when I was a coach at Niagara. You know, your classic, you see these shows all the time, you know, the Nick Saban show or whatever. Uh, and it was your classic coach's show. But I had a lot of people say to me, you know, hey, you're, you're really good at that stuff. And when you meet with the media, uh, TV, print, radio, whatever, you're very comfortable. You'd be really good at that. It was probably code word for saying, hey, man, you're a lousy coach. You should try this for a living. But uh, uh, so I, that's what I ended up doing. I said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot for one year. And, you know, go back to my Fordham connections, guys I reached out to, uh, Mike Breen, Michael Kay, Bob Papa. 
you know, I, you know, one of the first jobs I got hired was at Madison Square Garden Network uh, and, and, and doing, uh, you know, college basketball for them. Uh, that was a great opportunity. I got hired uh, to do a college basketball with, with uh, Empire Sports Network in Western New York, ESPN Regional, uh, Atlantic 10 Network, a guy named Bob Stites, uh, who was an assistant athletic director at Fordham at the time, was now at the Atlantic 10. So a lot of Fordham connections, you know, and then, and then the Raptors had an opening at the same time for a radio analyst position. And uh, I was good, you know, very fortunate enough to have a lot of amazing people like the guys I mentioned, as well as a lot of my coaching friends, uh, guys like Tom Penders and Nick McCarchy, who I was an assistant for at Fordham, uh, and, and a lot of other folks uh, from my experience call on my behalf to the Raptors and say, you know, this guy might have been a lousy coach, but he might end up being a decent broadcaster. Uh, and then one thing led to another, and I got started. And honestly, you know, after a year or two of it, I was like, why the heck would I ever want to go back to coaching? This is a lot more fun. Uh, I actually have a smile on my face. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it connects me with the joy of the sport. Uh, and I love the sport. I can't thank the sport enough for everything I've, I've had in my life. Uh, nonetheless, uh, it's hard. It's a grind when you're coaching. It's stressful. Uh, and to me, uh, so I, I feel like I, I, I've found a really good second act in life, and I've enjoyed it, and I hope to do it as long as they'd like to have me. Jack, to the point of what you've just been talking about, you had a great line, and I, I want to read it. You were talking about when you went from the sidelines of being a coach to being a broadcaster, you said that you had gone from idiot to expert, and those are your words, and I, I love that line, and I'm, I'm saving it for use in my life, but would you say that going from the sidelines to broadcasting, you were talking about how stressful coaching is, would you say it was kind of an easy transition for you, given how good you had been with the media uh, as a coach and, and having your own show and the like? Uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a lot of work. Uh, if you want to be really good at it, it's a lot of work. Uh, you know, we have a lot of guys that are, I would call, on, on lifetime scholarship that they were a great player, and suddenly uh, these networks will automatically just hire them and put them on television or on radio. And quite frankly, a lot of them aren't any good. You know, some are terrific. Uh, but you got to work at it, and uh, you got to learn your craft. I'll never forget Bill Raftery said to me, he said, Jack, spend a night in the truck. And it was a great uh, lesson for me. He said, get in the control room, get in the truck, appreciate what the producer, the director, the board op, all those different people do. Because as you know, and you guys are in it, uh, at some point in time, uh, when that red light's on, we call it on television, the truck's on fire. You know, we might be in Memphis on a Saturday night doing a, a game against the Grizzlies, and we're, we got the D crew that night because the A, B, and C crew, uh, they're all, you know, it's, a, it's the South. It might be late November, and they're all someplace doing SEC football, you know, or uh, they're doing NFL football. So now you've got people that don't have as much experience, and literally the truck's on fire. You know, you're like, okay, we're out there tap dancing, and there's all sorts of technical issues. Um, 
So you need to know uh, the ins and outs. You got to respect the people you work with, the camera people, uh, everybody. We, we're all in it together. We're a team. So as a former coach, uh, I take pride in the fact that the people I work with, uh, I have a respect and a sense of what they do. And uh, I think it, it, it creates a good camaraderie as a team when we go on the air. And, and, and there's shared success and there's also shared pain. Uh, but that was a great lesson that Raf taught me uh, as a young analyst. And I, I think, so my point is, it was a great transition and I felt comfortable doing it. But if you want to be good at it, you really got to work at it. And I look at a guy like UB Brown, uh, who has helped me a lot uh, in this transition. And UB, uh, you know, played at Niagara back in the 50s. And obviously, uh, I got to know UB when I coached at Niagara. And, uh, you know, the guy's a Hall of Fame broadcaster as well as having had a great coaching career. But he has had two great careers. And, but, you know, when you think of UB Brown, you think of a guy that's big time prepared. The guy's what, 86 years old right now, and he's still doing games. And the guy brings it. And to me, um, you, know, the, the, you know, if you want to really be good at it, you have to be uh, curious. Uh, you have to be uh, willing to ask questions. You got to be willing to allow yourself to be critiqued. Critique. You have to really work at it. And I think in our profession right now, there are many that do just that. And then there are many that just get handed a job because of their previous resume that don't work at it. Uh, you know, so to me, I, I have a high standard for myself and I try to work really hard at it. Jack, you mentioned that Bob Papa and Jack Curry were two of the guys at FUV that you spent a lot of time with in college. Um, when you made the transition from coaching to broadcasting, um, was there anyone in particular at FUV that specifically really helped you make that transition? And was there a piece of advice that you remember possibly from one of those guys? Well, I, I, I you know, every one of them, I mean, you know, you mentioned two of them, uh, you know, uh, definitely a guy uh, like Mike Green, Michael Kay, uh, a dear friend of mine, Joe Favorito. Uh, and Joe is in the PR business, but Joe, uh, Joe was with us with the Florida basketball program. And, and uh, he's, if you guys haven't had an opportunity to meet Joe Favorito, he's a remarkable guy. Um, and, and to me, you know, each one of them in their own way, uh, you know, you know, challenge me, uh, to really work at the craft. I think these guys, you know, I look at a guy like Jack Curry, who has made the transition from being an incredible writer at the New York Times and now is on television for the Yes Network uh, for the Yankees. Uh, he's had two careers, you know, one as an established baseball writer and now as a talking head, you know, and he's really good at both. But the guy's paid his dues and done his research and, and he's really good at what he does. So. Uh, I, 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 you know, I mean, I, I, I can recall uh, doing a demo tape before I got hired by the Raptors and, and sending it to Mike Green and Mike uh, watching it for me. And, and then, you know, giving me tips on, on different things in terms of coming in and out of commercial breaks and changing your voice level and how you describe certain things and, um, but, you know, so not only was it, uh, you know, former coaching friends that made the transition uh, into being a broadcaster as an analyst, but guys that are play-by-play -play guys, 
guys that are hosts. Um, you know, and, and to me, I, I think uh, you, you want people, and I, I'm not sure if I said it when we, when we met in February, but I'm a big believer in this. And I see this now in broadcasting. Uh, you know, UB Brown has a great line about it. Uh, they say, uh, you know, I don't think people critique enough. I don't think we seek out enough feedback on our work. And UB has a great line. And that's how it goes in our business. Uh, great job. Great job. Great job. You're fired. You know, because uh, you think you're great on TV because all your friends are going, yeah, yeah, you're really good. You're really good. Uh, but you got to keep getting better. Uh, you got to know when maybe you've lost a little movement on your fastball or you're not locating your pitches properly, whatever. You got to, you, you know, you, there's timing, there's, there's so many things. I call it meeting the moment. You know, like I did game six of the NBA finals last year and the Raptors won a title. Uh, that's the most watched basketball game in the history of Canadian television. You know, that was like a gold medal Olympic game or, a, you know, World Cup final. The ratings were off the charts. You know, you walk into that game that night, you know, you better meet the moment. And, and a lot of it just comes down to the fact that uh, over the course of your career, who are your mentors? Uh, are you willing to take criticism? Are you willing to uh, handle the praise as well in a, in a smart way? You know, because the two biggest imposters are success and failure, right? And you got to be able to stay level and you, got, you can't get a big head and you can't hang your head, you know? And, and so I, to me, I, I think it's about daily preparation, uh, putting the time in and really respecting your craft as a broadcaster. And I've learned that uh, from my friends at Fordham uh, that have had great careers and, and it, it started at WFUV for them. And I've learned it from many other people in, in my connections in basketball that have taught me great lessons. Jack, you were talking about being on the call for the NBA Finals last year. The Raptors get their first championship and so many memorable moments throughout that run. The Kawhi shot, the run through the playoffs. You talked about meeting the moment, but what was it like for that playoff run to be a part of the, the Raptors broadcasting team? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable experience. It's kind of surreal. Uh, I, I honestly didn't watch Game 6 uh until late october like literally my off season was so busy i mean like it just it's insane which is great it's a positive problem uh but i literally had the larry o'brien trophy at my house and we had a trophy party just like the stanley cup and i had you know there were probably 300 people at my house it was crazy and in the background i had game six of the finals on uh, and this was already, we were already in season the following year. Uh, I think we had a game in Toronto on a Monday night. We had a game in Toronto on a Wednesday night. And I brought the trophy home. Uh, I'll never forget going through U.S. Customs. And I said, I got to, you know, I, anything to declare. I said, well, yeah, by the way, I have the Larry O'Brien trophy in my trunk. <laughs> so uh, the Customs guys were like, everybody came out. They were going crazy. This is unbelievable. Can I take a picture? Sure, go ahead. But uh it was amazing. It was a lot of people that, uh, that I have such a great friendship with in the community I live in now in Western New York. Uh, and then I brought the trophy back the next day. But my point is the game was on that night, uh, a tape, you know, a tape of it. And finally, after we cleaned the house up, I stayed up late, had a glass of wine and actually sat down and watched the game. 
And like it brought back so many memories. I had to pinch myself. I'm like, we actually did win the championship. This is amazing. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've been out running at times in Toronto and, you know, I've run pretty much every day and uh, you'll run by somebody that has a t-shirt that says Toronto Raptors NBA finals. And you're you know, like, can I pinch myself? Did that really happen? So it, it's kind of like at times an out of body experience. Uh, what do they say? The joy is in the journey. You know, when you're in the midst of it, you're so busy. Uh, people are pulling you in 85 different directions. Uh, there are so many demands on your time. Uh, and that's why I have such respect for, like, you look at the Warriors uh, in their great run. You look at the Patriots over the years. Uh, you look at even a guy like LeBron James, how he handles all this. It's a lot of work. Uh, and, and being able to uh, keep your head amidst all of it is really important. But it was a, a, just an amazing experience, one that I'll never forget. And uh, who knows? We'll, we'll see. I think the Raptors have a heck of a team right now. And uh, I think we'll be in the hunt again. Jack, before we wrap up, like you mentioned, obviously difficult circumstances this year, the bubble beginning this weekend, the Raptors beginning their title defense, and probably one of the more surprised teams in the NBA this year without Kawhi and Pascal Siakam stepping up, Nick Nurse doing a terrific job in year two. What do you make of the Raptors' title hopes this year? Obviously a lot to overcome in terms of Boston and Milwaukee, but what do you make of the Raptors' title defense hopes this year? Well, Jackson, this will be year seven of the Raptors being in the playoffs. Uh, they win four games in the bubble uh, in, in the playing games. It'll be five years in a row with 50 wins or more. Uh, you know, they have an NBA title. Uh, they've been to the Eastern Finals uh, twice. Uh, they have quite a resume. Uh, when you look at the Raptors in the last, I think it's four years, five years, they have the best record in the NBA, the best. Uh, and yet you have a lot of analysts who don't do their homework, who actually don't watch the games. They watch the highlights and they continue to tell you about teams that are a lot of hype and sizzle, but on a daily basis, don't get it done. So to me, uh, I understand and respect the fact that Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green departed. And those guys did an amazing job for the Raptors. Um, it's going to be difficult. Uh, but it's going to be difficult for any team to win. Uh, but I, when I look at the Raptors, and they have the third best record in the NBA right now, and they were crushed with injuries. Uh, you know, when you look at the top five teams in the NBA in terms of injuries, uh, the other four uh, aren't even currently in the playoffs. Uh, they were decimated with injuries, and yet they had an incredible season. And here's the thing that's interesting as well. They have the exact same record at home as they do on the road. So I don't know if it was Aristotle or Socrates, some smart guy said, excellence is a habit, not an act. You know, I think they have good habits. You know, and I think they're a little different. You know, there are times that people get bored with a team that makes it every year. You know, I thought the Atlanta Hawks, Mike Woodson, Mike Budenholzer, those guys did a really good job, and they had some really good teams for a long period of time, but they couldn't get over the hump. The Raptors, in some ways, you know, year seven in the playoffs, sometimes people just get fatigued and, and want something new or different. And, uh, but nonetheless, they have accomplished. They've been to the finals. They've won it. Uh, so to not give them their just due, uh, I think, is, uh, is maybe uh, a little bit shaky uh, because I do feel confident that if they play uh, the Celtics or the 
the Bucks or whoever it may be, uh, that they'll be right in there swinging in the center of the ring with a chance to win. Am I guaranteeing it? I don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. Uh, but nonetheless, I think they're a contending team. I think they're a team uh, that definitely should be taken serious. And if they're fully healthy, uh, I think they're tough to beat. Uh, and they have not been healthy. And nonetheless, here they are where they are. So uh, I, I would say don't sleep on them. The one and only Jack Armstrong giving us terrific insight on his time at Fordham and so much more. Jack, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. All the best going forward, and best of luck to you and the Raptors uh, in the bubble this year. My pleasure, Jackson. And Jimmy, thank you so much for having me. And, and Alex, thanks for doing all the hard work. What is he the guy? He's spinning the dials. He's the tech guy, right? Sure is. All right. Well, thank you, uh, guys, for having me. And uh, it's an honor and privilege uh, to be on with you today. And uh, anytime you want me to come back on, I'm, I'm always honored and, and privileged to do it. And, and in closing, go Rams. So once again, Jack Armstrong giving us all of his insight on his time at Fordham, his time at WFUV, which was short-lived, like you mentioned, because he wasn't doing too much there, but also his time with the Toronto Raptors and Jimmy. Jack, clearly one of the nicest guys in the industry and a pleasure to get to talk to him and just catch up with him about a variety of different topics. Yeah, Jack's really a great guy. You get that sense in talking to him. We both met him at a workshop in February right before the shutdown when he came to Fordham and talked to all of us. Just a really good guy and a guy who's been really successful in what he has called his second act in his basketball life. He was, you know, JV coach at Fordham. He was the head coach at Niagara. Now he's been with the Raptors, and he's actually been doing color commentary with the Raptors for longer than he was as a coach, which is almost kind of hard to believe given some of the success that he had. But he's really done a great job and turned this second act into something very successful. So he's going to be taking on... The Raptors now going into the bubble, who are the number two seed in the Eastern Conference at the moment behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's just so unique to get a perspective from someone like Jack because at FUV, like you said, a lot of the guys that are doing color are people like us who are probably in no position to be qualified to do such a thing as much as I love and enjoy doing it. But to get the perspective of what it was like to transition from being a head coach in college basketball for 10 plus years to then having to go on the sidelines, it's got to be at least frustrating at first to do that because you're the guy in charge when you're a head coach. And for Jack, he went through the complete opposite basically and just being having to take a step back, let the play-by-play guy do his thing and then kind of come in when he needs to be and also really have no influence on the game. But the thing that was so interesting for me, like you mentioned, is he made the transition seem so easy. And a lot of the guys he has to thank for that are guys like Jack Curry at WFUV, who we mentioned, and Mike Breen and plenty of other friends he met. So really cool to see the FUV community reaching out and helping him start a new career that he's done so tremendously with. Well, first of all, I want to clarify something. You're in a good position to do color because you're I'll on the stop. scout team. And you, I'll <laughs> st- no, you're right, though. You're right. But there is... Uh, something to be said for somebody who knows as much about basketball as a guy like Jack, who was a coach who just really, when you're talking to him, and this is a cliche that I don't love, but he just lives and breathes the game. Like he loves the sport and that comes across whenever I watch a Raptors broadcast, if they're on NBA TV or national TV, where they're, they're picking up the Raptors broadcast, 
Um, so he really loves the game of basketball, and you could tell that. And he made that transition easily, but one of the things he said that I really liked was he was talking about how he talked to Bill Raftery, who's been a legendary color analyst for many years, and Raft told him to you know go in the truck and appreciate that side of things. And it shows you kind of how detail-oriented a guy like Jack is, that he went into the truck and he saw, wow, there's a lot that goes into this. And he got a great appreciation for it, but he's just a true professional in every sense of the word. And it was great to get to talk to him, a guy who has really, at this point, been a basketball lifer, and he's working for the Raptors now. And they have every chance to possibly get back to the NBA Finals down in the NBA bubble in Orlando. So, you know, he's, uh, he's going to be busy in the next couple of months. So we wish Jack the best of luck now calling games in the bubble, getting back to work, even if it's from his home, which is honestly, I think, a pretty decent gig to be able to call games from home in the NBA. I can't complain about that. But once again, our week nine episode joins us is Jack Armstrong, TSN color analyst for the Toronto Raptors, Fordham alum, Niagara head coach, a lot of titles there and hope we didn't miss any. But Again, if you want to tune in to any of our other episodes, WFUVsports.org. Follow us on Twitter at WFUVsports. All past and future episodes will be posted on the website and on our Twitter page as well. But until next time, from Jimmy Sullivan, I'm Jackson Heil, and this has been Off the Air.